0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Huzefa, as always. And today we have somebody very special joining us from the math education world. He has a YouTube channel with over 140,000 subscribers, and he provides all sorts of really cool resources. But not only that, he I think he what he does really well is he provides an incredible way to look at math concepts that we study all the time in class. But he, he does it using history and using really cool visuals and really great narration. So, uh, of course, my favorite types of guests are those that not only are spearheading new new paths in education, but specifically doing so with mathematics because that's my passion. And so we have somebody today on that is doing just that. His name is Stephen Welch and he is the founder of Welch Labs. So Welch Labs, this is from the about section on the welchlabs.com website. So learning new technical material is tough. Theory from textbooks can be dense and intimidating and tutorials often gloss over why to focus on the how. Being proficient at technical topics requires not only how-to skills, but also an understanding of the broader context in which these topics exist at welch labs we strive to make the whole picture click from math to concepts to code we do this with fun and practical short video series and accompanying resources covering topics from the high school to the graduate school level so without further ado stephen welch welcome to the show
1: great thank you for having me happy to be here
0: awesome thanks for thanks for joining you've got an awesome youtube channel so before we get into the nitty-gritty tell us what was your inspiration to start Welch Labs? And I believe you started it. You started the YouTube channel in 2008. How did that come about?
1: Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, so the I think the real start is probably 2014. Um, I think that when I started making videos quasi seriously. Um, in 2014, um, I, I think I just transferred over my own personal uh, YouTube account or channel or whatever. So I think that's why it says 2008. But for all intents and purposes, uh, 2014 was the, um, the start. Um, and what happened was basically, so I'm an engineer, a practicing engineer. I still am. Um, and at work, I had to learn something kind of difficult, which were neural networks. Um, it was kind of serendipitous that I was in a position to be learning those at that time because they have since exploded um so at the time i you know uh, figured out how i wanted to learn these things so i you know read some books i you know Stanford had some pretty good tutorials so i kind of hacked my way through it and i ended up actually writing my own neural network kind of from scratch in python um And at the time, there were some libraries. Um, There's an amazing library now from Google called TensorFlow that makes all of this really, really, really easy. But that came out like last year.
0: And and can you you tell us, sorry to interrupt, can you tell us first of all, what type of engineer are you and also what is a neural network?
1: Yeah, of course, of course, absolutely. Yeah, so my content ranges from high school to grad school, so yeah, uh, no no problem at all. so I am an electrical engineer by training. Um, in grad school, I ended up focusing a lot on a specific field of engineering slash science called machine learning. Um, it's really a field of computer science. Um, machine learning is very, very hot right now. A great example is actually how YouTube does recommendations. So if YouTube wants to drive deeper engagement, the or longer engagement, I should say, the uh, main mechanism they use for that is making really, really, really good recommendations. Um, and to do that, you, they use a bunch of machine learning algorithms. And the, the idea with machine learning is that instead of analytically solving a hard math problem, instead of sitting down and trying to work it out from first principles, in machine learning, you allow data to find the answer for you, uh, which is a cool idea. Um, and neural networks are probably the most popular machine learning algorithm right now. Um, It's easy to think that neural networks work kind of like your brain because they're called neural networks, which kind of reminds you of how your brain works with neurons and stuff. Um, However, they're only really loosely based on how your brain works. So there are things called neurons in a neural network, uh, but they are really, really rough mathematical approximations. Um, However, uh, the neural network setup is a really good way to do machine learning. And these networks can learn everything from how to drive a car to how to recommend YouTube videos to a gazillion other things. Um, So that's what a neural network is. And that's how I came across it in my in my work.
0: Fascinating. And then and then that is so then neural networks and then take us back to the story. How did that bring you to creating videos for your channel?
1: Yeah, totally right. So um, so when I finally got through all the clutter, right, so, you know, there is there's a lot of pain in trying to figure out how these things worked. Um, There were some open source libraries like I was talking about. And now there's libraries like TensorFlow, which are just incredible. Um, But at the time, the open source libraries were really, really hard to use. So I just wrote my own. Um, which was pretty painful. Um, but when I finally had it all together, I realized, hey, you know, there's no, there's no magic here, right? Every single thing that I did is pretty easy to explain, but the difficulty is piecing it all together. Um, there is some fairly advanced math, so to really understand neural networks, you need to go to, like, Calculus 3. Um, so it's, you know, it's fairly advanced, but uh, none of the individual pieces are that wild. And really, if you know Calc 1 reasonably well, then a neural network is not... You can understand 98% of it. Um, so anyway, when I finally had the whole thing pieced together, I was like, man, this should not have been so hard. This should not have taken me a whole summer <laughs> to figure out. Um, and I was like, man, I, I, how could I make this easier for other people? Um, and at the time, I was really into a fantastic uh, YouTube channel called Minute Physics. Have you had Henry on the show?
0: Yeah, I haven't had him on the show, but I've, I've seen his videos. He's amazing.
1: Yeah, I think he'd be a great guest. Yeah, so Henry's the man. Um he was really early too, right? So he's been making minute physics for I don't know, a long time. Um and at the time 2013 2014 I was very much enam- enamored with uh, Veritasium and minute physics I still am. Um Just so, had, we just had Derek
0: on the show a couple weeks ago.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, he seems like a, I have I've never spoke with him personally, but he seems like a great guy. Um so um so at the time, I was like, okay, maybe I'll just try to completely rip off minute physics, but do it about machine learning. <laughs> so, so I really borrowed quite heavily from Henry. Uh, this is a good example of a the quote, uh, you know, good artist – borrow and great artists steal um not that i'm calling myself a great artist but i think that that sentiment is definitely true (laughs) so um for example henry does all of his shots in a light box and the way he lights everything and does his editing i pretty much stole as much as i could (laughs) he did a little behind the scenes video and i just just flagrantly plagiarized (laughs) um so that's what i did so i made a series on neural networks uh in the style of minute physics um i posted the first video in like late 2014 and i woke up the next morning and it had a thousand views which i thought was kind of cool definitely way more than i expected um and just really great engagement so that series probably took you know three or four months something like that it had seven parts um and off that series i've gotten really great engagement and honestly it's been great for my engineering career as well Um, um you know get invited to talks things like that so um so that's how i got started in youtube
0: that is great. That's so cool. And what now tell us uh, when you when why did you decide to make videos about imaginary numbers? The funny thing is, I just, when I was looking through your channel, I'm in the process, I make math music videos. Uh, that's a big part of my channel. And I'm in the process of writing a song on imaginary numbers, because I usually use content that is covered on the SAT math section. Really. Wh- why did you make a series on imaginary numbers?
1: Yeah. Great question. So I finished the neural network series in like early 2015, I think. And I was like, man, what do I want to do next? I don't know. Like there's a, you know, a lot of a lot of really, really fascinating topics out there. Uh, I made a list. I was like, I still want to make videos. I don't know what exactly what about it's probably going to be math and science and computer science. Um, what should I cover? Um, my list was way too long, <laughs> and generally when I plan these things, I'm way over-ambitious. If you look at my channel carefully, there's a couple like videos I've started that were just preposterous in their scope. They would have taken a decade or something <laughs> to finish everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, so at the time, I, I I dug into some physics stuff, and then I thought, you know what would be really interesting would be the 4A transform. So, um, the first time I really got engaged in science and mathematics was through music applications, um, and the Fourier transform is a, is a beautiful piece of mathematics that has very interesting connections to music. Um, so I thought, wow, this would be a really great topic. So I started doing my research, dug deeper and deeper and deeper, and actually, Three Blue One Brown has a great Fourier video out right now. But as I was digging deeper, so if you look at 4A's equation, like you know, there's a there's an i sitting right in the middle of it, and it's like you know, what what is that doing there? Um, I didn't know imaginary numbers really applied like this, and it's kind of ironic because I have a degree in electrical engineering from Georgia Tech, so I mean, I should kind of know what's going on, but but you just go through those classes so fast, and a lot of it doesn't stick.
0: And and, um, and before we yeah. jump into more imaginary, what is i? What is an imaginary number?
1: Yeah, great question. So. Imaginary numbers, put simply, the, the way I would the way I would say it, and this is very much reflected in my series, but um, I would say it's an extension of the numbers that you already know about. So the numbers that most people are aware of are generally called the real numbers, which is a pretty crappy name. Um, but things like negative numbers, fractions, square roots, all of these things are real numbers. Um, and what's pretty remarkable is that there's a certain set of problems in engineering and mathematics that aren't solvable with just the real numbers. Basically real numbers aren't sufficient. Um, And if you extend your number system to include imaginary numbers, which actually the way you get to them is kind of this backdoor sneaky route where you allow this impossible thing to actually work, which is the square root of a negative. Um, So the square root of a negative really really shouldn't work um, because if you take the square root of a positive, like let's say the square root of nine for example, square root of nine is three because three times three is nine. Um, another answer to that problem is negative three, because negative three times negative three is also nine. So the square root of nine has two answers, plus or minus three. Um, however, if you take the square root of a negative number, like the square root of negative nine, say, um, no two numbers you can multiply together are going to give you negative nine. Um, a positive times a positive won't work, and a negative times a negative won't work. Um but if we say, okay, let's let this impossible thing exist, and this was kind of the debate that was happening in the 16th century uh, and 17th century. If we let this kind of impossible thing exist and try to do math anyway, uh, what you would end up with is actually way more powerful mathematics that is more useful and more elegant. So it's an extension of the numbers that you already know about. That's, that's how I would summarize. I.
0: That's so cool. Uh, by the way, in the video series, that
1: the the videos that